This is the Doctor Who podcast, and you are most welcome. Well, guys, I I have a confession to make. I'm I'm really sorry, but um, after we all got in the camper van, I got pretty upset about something, and I've I've actually destroyed all the camper van keys. So um, I think we're trapped in this camper van forever. But um, but there there is a bright side. There's a silver lining, uh, and that's that it gives us plenty of time to discuss dark water. But who's going to do the washing up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 283 of the Doctor Who podcast. It is a joy, an honour, and a privilege to be here in the camper van, despite nearly being locked out. Nice one, Michelle. Um, (laughs) But it's lovely to be here with the fantastic Michelle. Hello, hello. And, of course, the ever-present, in spirit, if not in body, Trevor. Hello. Yes, you can't get rid of me. I'm ever-present. Even when you guys guys aren't recording, I'm here. I, I just sit in the back and wait and watch and listen. Lurk? Lurk, yes. Yeah, well, well, we tried the thing with changing the locks, but apparently he could open it by clicking his fingers. We are here today <laughs> uh, to discuss the... Oh, I don't know. There was an episode of Doctor Who last night. I'm not, too, I'm not too sure very much happened in it. You know the key strategic weakness of the human race? The dead outnumber the living. Who are you? Oh, you know who I am. I'm Missy. Who's Missy? Please try to keep up. Short for mistress. Well, couldn't very well keep calling myself the master. Now, could I? Okay, who would like to go first? Um, maybe I should go first because I haven't gone first for ages because I've been a real chicken and haven't gone first. Um, it's always interesting when Doctor Who does these, uh, you know, sort of two-part type stories or even three-part type stories. Uh, in the past, it's really always been the case where um, there's there's been a really, really strong first part, you know, stuff like Bad Wolf and Army of Ghosts and, the, you know, The Sound of Drums. But then when you get the second part, it's sort of often a big letdown. I mean, I mean, you then move into stuff like, you know, Doomsday and Last of the Time Lords and, you know, Journey's End and stuff like that. Um, I think we might hopefully be a bit flipped with this one because this episode, Dark Water, left me a little bit underwhelmed. I, I think it's treading water a little bit, this one. Not a lot happens in this episode, really. It's, it's all very much a major setup for, you know, presumably what's going to happen in next week's episode, uh, Death in Heaven. So as a result, we do spend a lot of time just standing around, sitting around, talking and um, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, this, this, this one just left me a bit underwhelmed because not a lot happens. And I think they're trying to save everything for, I think, what's supposed to be the hour-long season finale next week. Much like the first episode of the season that, that Moffat wrote, like Deep Breath, Dark Water really ha- has given me mixed opinions. Um, there are elements of it I liked. I liked the first 10 or 15 minutes. Um, was absolutely shocked when uh, when Danny got hit by the car and was a little nervous about sitting there with my, my young son watching all of that. But I liked kind of the interplay that happened with Clara and the doctor. I liked... Um, the whole dream sequence with her her throwing away the TARDIS keys. Um, I liked exploring that relationship a little more. I loved it when the doctor made the point about, you know, do you think I care so little about you that, that a betrayal would make any difference? Um, you know, there finally is the doctor stating his true colors. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the right thing. I care about you. You know, he admits that there. I think that's fine. Um, I don't think it was actually a betrayal. That That's kind of another issue. I, I think it's strange to characterize it as such. But I found all of that interesting. I, um, for the most part, I liked the reintroduction of the Cybermen. Um, there were some, some neat things that happened there, although there were some also kind of plot holes that I think that were involved with that we can get into later. Um, I don't mind the revelation. I, I kind of thought all along I was leaning right from the start to Missy, towards Missy being the master. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm relatively okay with, with, uh, with that character, although, you know, I have some niggles, but, but uh, I'm pretty comfortable with it. All of those things were, were reasonably good for me, but there were also some really, really dark elements in this story uh, and elements that I think 
weren't handled as well as they could, elements that possibly shouldn't be in, in, in a, a family show. Um, this was, again, a really tough one for me to watch with Kenneth because of some of the themes that went on around death, uh, around Danny's history. Um, and I we can get more into that later, but I was not comfortable with large portions of this episode for that reason. So it's a real mixed bag for me. Hmm. Okay, this is, this, this, is, this is interesting. Um, I have to say that putting it in, con- it, it, the context of watching this for me was, it, it was very dark outside, it's autumn, and it's a doctor, and it's a Doctor Who story on late, later than I've ever known a Doctor Who story to be on before. So I was, I was happy about the when of it. Um, the what of it is, I, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, 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 it's no secret I'm, I'm not a fan of the Clara character at all, um, but Jenna plays her really, really well, and, and this week was no exception. Um, if if Clara is supposed to be a scheming, underhanded, slightly confused and manipulative person, then okay, that's how she came across. Um, but also she, you know, she plays someone who's clearly very very upset um michelle I'm, i agree with you i, I think if if the, the if the core audience of doctor who had lost someone recently then this mm-hmm. would be very very hard very, would be very very hard to watch um but at the same time what performances capaldi was absolutely fantastic absolutely ph- phenomenal um coleman again playing a character i don't like but she plays her incredibly well um and the whole setup it's a bit remembrance of the daleks um, so far, and I, I, I just wonder how the Cybermen are going to be defeated this time because that's how <laughs> that's that's what's going on. But apart from that, as a vis- as a visual feast and as and, and as some as a story that was being incredibly well acted, hallelujah. Um, uh, similarly, it was uh, I, there was no indication to I, I wasn't aware of any indication that the character of Danny Pink was going to die at any point. He seems to he seems to have um, really split opinion. I really like him. Um, I, you know, it's lo- it's lovely to see that character, you know, a, sol- a soldier, a, you know, a, a damaged soldier, um, being played quite so well. It's, it, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, overall, I, d- I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any Doctor Who fan with a with a head with a head screwed on that didn't work out after about three weeks that that was actually the mark. Come on. <laughs> oh, mate. Maybe. I mean, I I must admit I'm a little bit disappointed that they had to go down the route of having the master turn into a female form. I thought, well, if... Careful. Well, no, but I mean, I mean, I mean, no, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm very much a, a traditionalist, as, as listeners may have picked up occasionally on the podcast, but... Are you a white male? I am, yes. Okay, I was just checking, go on. Okay, but... Okay, thank, thanks for that, um, Tom. Anyway. <laughs> um, if, if they want to have a nasty female Time Lord then why not have the Rani? Why not do that? Because it, it was interesting. There was lines of dialogue just before the reveal when the uh, tanks were emptying where, uh, you know, Missy said something to the effect of, oh, you abandoned me. You know, do, do you think I wasn't going to find my way back? And before the reveal, I thought that was the Rani because I thought at the end of, um, you know, like Mark of the Rani, time, for example. Time, no, time, time of the Rani. Time of the Rani, of course, yes. Yeah, her uh, TARDIS was sabotaged and she was sent off to the edge of time or whatever it was with these uh, embryo dinosaurs, you know, sort of uh-huh. lurching at her. I thought, okay, this must be the Rani. She's found a way out of that and she's come back to um, seek her, you know, terrible revenge on the Doctor. But um, <laughs> it, it left me a little bit disappointed, I suppose. I mean, what are we supposed to call the character now? Uh, can, can, the master. Can, can we still use the master, or or do we have to use yep. the title that she herself has said? She's the master. Um, it, it, it's interesting you say that though. I, um, I I had it in my head. Well, this is the master, and then the moment where she said, um, uh, "I'm the one you abandoned." For a moment, it was like, "Hang on a minute, that could be Susan, or that could be Romana." Uh, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> Roma, I've... Romana was never abandoned, though. Romana made a no. choice to, to, yeah. So I, I, quite, I, quite so. I, w- I would not have wanted to have had an evil version of Romana anyway. So I, no, I and I didn't no. think they'd go that route. But um, uh, yeah, I always suspected the master from the start. I don't mind so much the 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 gender change. I'm not. No. I'm not completely excited about the way uh, it's being characterized. Um, I it, this character feels so much to me like Madame Kavarian and feels so much to me like Madame Carabraxis and just the this kind of cliche villain in a way to me they they just all feel like they're they're cut from the same cloth I you know the the kind of the fancy dress and that silly hat how is the master going to manage to do anything with that hat 
delicately poised on 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 <laughs> her head. Um, <laughs> I, and it's going to be. I, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a lovely costume if if you're a cosplayer and want to recreate it. I, there'll be lots of. Uh, masters or mistresses or whatever they are, I think, at the cons coming up. But I would rather have had her dressed in in a more free-flowing, practical, maybe a femme version of what the doctor wears. You know, if if he is uh, coming across as a magician, I think he he could have had, he, she, (laughs) could have had had that as well going. But so I, I don't know, and and, and the heavy makeup and, and it it just seems so artificial to me. So th- so that's I mean that's kind of a minor niggle. That's that's just the way that the portrayal is. It, it, and it's not a complaint about the acting either, which I think is fine. It's just the choice that they made with the character. But the fact that the master is in is in a, a female form this time, um, I do I do I do hope they kind of, I guess they could use mistress. But that his phrase was always you know I'm the master and you shall obey me. And and the fact that people had to call him master was just so much a part of the character. So I don't know. We'll see where they go with that. But I'm willing to let it see how it plays out. And, um, you know, my other disappointment, though, about it is I really would have liked to see John Sim one last time. I would have liked to see John Sim kind of close the character out, get a regeneration scene. That Somebody was uh, joking on the Internet that, you know, now we'll have to wait nine or ten years till we get Night of the Master so that so that he can film his regeneration scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean I, I didn't really need to see John Sim, to be perfectly honest. I think... You know, despite the fact that he was in that story that was, you know, otherwise incredibly awful, um, he he did have a kind of redemption at the end. He he did strike back at the people who we thought, you know, that that had driven him crazy that were going to, you know, sort of save him and you know, sort of help him out. But when he realised that, he he just turned around and launched at them. So that that for me was a little bit of closure for the John Sim Master, and 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 I really didn't ever expect to see the Master again. I thought that that was a nice closeout, but. Like I suppose with most Doctor Who these days, we see companions come back all the time, and now you know we're going to have, you know, characters like the Master come back. I mean, it's almost like after the end of Planet of Fire, you know, from you know the uh, Peter Davison story, we thought, okay, that's the end of the Master. We've seen the guy perish, but no, he's back again a few years later against the uh, Colin Baker Doctor. So yeah, strange. You know, I forget where I've seen it written, but uh, the suggestion was always that the master was uh, meant to be just the Dark Doctor. So, that, so, that, so there was a, bu- uh, a very simple binary going on there. When you look at uh, John Sim versus David Tennant, it, it, then it's very you've got these two young, hyperactive, slightly slightly odd uh, young men. Um, one one being the Doctor, one being the Master. The same thing with Delgado and Pertwee. So it, it, it's very interesting that you've got these two thin Scots um, mm-hmm. now, but one male, one female, um, carrying on this carrying on the antagonism. Well, well, it was interesting just before the reveal again that, that there was that line where um, uh, you know Capaldi had his hand put against her chest, and you know they talked about the two hearts. And didn't she say something like um, "your hearts" or something like that? And I got the very distinct impression that they were trying to hint that Missy was like another incarnation of the Doctor or something like that. Because you know the dialogue seemed to read like um, these hearts that I've got are your hearts. The implication was that he had her heart like like a lover would have somebody's hearts. Not not that they were actually oh, his hearts, but that she had given him or he in some way possessed. Her hearts. I mean, there there is some sort of dynamic there. Some of which I I like. I um, there's always been this connection between the master and the doctor, and they you know there's so many times the master could have killed the doctor and didn't. And I remember in that uh, in that episode you're referring to that shall remain unnamed. Um, about the time that came out, there was there was an interview in Doctor Who magazine. I can't even remember now if it was with the director or if it was with John Sim, but talking about the read-through. And, and there's that scene where the master is shooting the lightning bolts out at the David Tennant doctor, and he's on the ground. And the question came up, well, why doesn't he just kill him then? And um, RTD's answer was, because he loves him. Yeah, quite. And I always I always found that fascinating and, and with a ring of truth. Now, I hadn't thought male-female, and, and I, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't thinking romantic kind of love. But there is this connection, this fraternal yeah. love or at least it yeah. was fraternal between the two of them that that I always liked that idea so I think we mm. have that now kind of portrayed in the extreme it'll be interesting to see um where it goes from here I guess yeah I, well I mean I mean same, same here I mean all, all the way back even in the Pertwee era when um you know the master was introduced there was always that you know sort of Sherlock Moriarty type dynamic going that one couldn't be there without the other and 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 I was fine with that because I mean you know the master has always been billed as you know the doctor's ultimate enemy 
essentially, you know, sort of, you know, humanoid type em- enemy. But yeah, then, then Moffat has to suddenly go, well, let's make that explicit and let's actually show them um, with real love rather than just leaving it as implied and let the intelligent viewers figure it out, which they probably would have already done so already. But at the, but at the same time, surely when we get to, um, is, is it um, the sound of drums? Yeah, the sound of drums, isn't it? Um, when when the master when the doctor thinks the master's dying, the man's got him in his, in his arms mm-hmm, in tears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you know it, it, I don't think there's a more explicit um, indication of of the depth of feeling between the two than there. I mean, it, it, you know, fair enough, they've been fighting and the, and the planet's burning, but when it comes to it, when you know, when the old man thinks that the master's dead, you know, he's he's absolutely in floods of tears. Well played mm-hmm. by David Tennant, by the way. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, I think too at the time that he was also very upset because the only other person that he'd found from his race was dying in front of him. I mean, he'd finally found mm-hmm. someone. He'd, he'd finally found a survivor. But, you know, he was going to be ripped from him as 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 soon as he'd arrived, basically. So there probably was a bit of that as well because the tenant doctor was always searching for that, um, I don't know, sense of identity. And, and having someone from his own race there as well kind of helped, I suppose. Do you know what? Am I, so, am I hearing that we're okay? That that we're all okay? If if this is the, the case, I'm incredibly happy. Are we saying then we're okay? We're okay with the with the uh, gender change for the master? No, we're not. Well, I'm not. I, I, I okay. See that. See that's what I was waiting for. Hello, Trev. Well, you see, no. I mean, I'm I'm not happy with the gender change. And 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 I said before, if they're going to have a female time lord, let's have the Rani, or let's make up another evil female time lord. Um, so I'm I'm not fine with the gender change. Um, but I am. Why? But well, I, I suppose the same way I feel that the you know the doctor should always be played by, you know, a Caucasian male. I I don't think the doctor should ever be a female. And <laughs> I I feel the same way with the master. The master throughout the history of the show, ever since he was introduced in nineteen seventy two, seventy one, or whatever it was, he he is a male, and he he is a male from the doctor's species. To to then flip that on its head. I mean I mean. If you want to go out and do a series about a a female time traveling person, go and make it and do uh, and do amazing things with it. I'll probably watch it, but don't tamper with the lore of the show by making the central character something he hasn't been for fifty years. Like another person, or Scottish, or dark haired, or blonde, or young, or old. I mean, the Doctor for me has always been a white male. Okay, and that, but at the same time, yeah, and and. I, I know the people I'm sitting in the room with um, represent opposites of that spectrum, of course. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm treading very, very carefully here, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure you're not going to be offended by what I'm saying, but no, it's, it's, it's just something that I believe in, and, and I've been pulled up on it in the past for saying stuff like that. You want, okay, okay. What I can say for certain is you're 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 abs- by no stretch of the imagination are the are you the only person on the planet that feels that way. I don't agree with you, but that but that does but but I say again, you're not the only person in the world that feels the way you feel about it. Uh, what I would say though is that it, is it opens up the dis- I, th- I think this is this is Doctor Who doing what I want it to do. Are you making people think or or or, or, making, or making making people confront the assumptions that they might have unconsciously um, that are, um, that they act out every day of their lives. There's a lovely quotation from a woman called um, Simone de Beauvoir who says that um, uh, women aren't born, they're made. And it's, tr- it's very, very true. You know, the, the, you know, the way that gender is uh, foisted upon females and males in the modern world is, not, is nothing which is inherent. It's something that, you, you know, you, gender is something that is taught to you right, as opposed to who and what you are. Um, and it's interesting you know, in, a, in a time where uh, gender change, where, where gender changing is far is more high profile, I think, than it ever has been. That you have a, a prominent character in a show like this, you know, who's who, who is able to change gender, change change appearance, um, becoming female as opposed to male. Um, Trevor, I, I, as I say, I don't. I, I, I don't think I entirely understand your point of view, but I do see where you're coming from, um, but I, uh, and, I, and I respect that. But at the same time, I've got to say, um, there's a part of me that was like, let's see how they deal with this. 
because it's, it's it, because to me it's it's not a, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a problem with changing the gender of the master. I would I would also argue that most of the core or the target audience for Doctor Who, which I guess was would be between about ten and fifteen, um, wouldn't have a problem with it with it either. But what I have, but, but quite frankly, secretly, what I've been enjoying is going on to um, the more prominent Doctor Who forums and watching people explode. It can't be a woman. Yes, it can. Doctor's always been a man. Doctor's always been an alien. It's incredibly entertaining. I, I see both your points, and I, I agree with Tom that the, that the master or the doctor could be played by, by someone from uh, any gender, any race. I, I think that's perfectly possible. I also agree a little bit with Trev in that, personally, I would prefer a male in the role. Um, I don't think I'd get unhappy and stomp off if they cast a female and I'm sure a female could probably pull it off it just has to do with how I've always related to the show and related to the character but um, I, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how, how the master or uh, the mistress or Missy works out uh, from this, this time forward I, I think the, the proof will be in uh, the future do you know the other the other thing about this is I, 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 one of the other first thoughts I had was can we now have can we now have the multi a multi master story and just see how we would relate to this <laughs> that would be, abso- be absolutely wonderful what you're who you're what you're kidding yeah it's wonderful. <laughs> How did you feel about the use of the? Th- how, how did you feel about the way the story approached themes of death, and how do you think that's going to that's going to play out in the real world and in the and in the story? Yeah, world? it it was really interesting. Um, I'm sure I didn't hear the use of the H word in this episode Mm-mm. at all. They Mm-mm. they didn't say the word heaven. I don't believe ever. No, in this episode, which, hell though. Well, it, it 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 was strange. I mean, and also considering the next episode is called Death in Heaven. Uh, it. it mm. It's it's well, but like, but the like, next episode seems to be set in London, which, as we all know, is paradise. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yes. it, it it was interesting um, that the 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 story did deal with that whole thing, which I suppose for someone with those sort of beliefs, it would really be quite confronting. Um, mm. it, it it goes against pretty much every Christian belief, from what I understand Christian beliefs to be, and. I'm 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 just wondering how it sits with you know like a certain percentage of our audience because uh... well I'll weigh in here because I I represent that section of your audience Trev <laughs> but <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm going to come from two two somewhat paradoxical viewpoints um, yes Christianity believes that there is an afterlife um, I think right. Christianity is broad and. Uh, diverse, and you would find even within Christianity, I think a variety of opinions on those on, on what that afterlife might look like, and indeed, probably an acknowledgement that we probably don't know what that afterlife looks like. But um, yeah, yeah. but this is also this is fiction. Um, this is this is clearly fiction, and and I don't mind. In one sense, I don't mind accounts that explore what what an afterlife might look like this is when i see the nether sphere or wherever they are after that that i don't get the sense that i'm supposed to believe in my heart that that's actually what i'm supposed to think the afterlife looks like this is doctor who it's 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 a a fictional construct which a percentage of our listeners would say any laugh afterlife is so yeah okay so i no i don't i don't find it offensive or anything in that sense or a show that explores that what troubles me is how dark this was, how horrific it was in terms of the experience of the people that found themselves in this. And I'm not even sure it is an afterlife. I, I think the, the episode may have been saying, if I got it right, that, that they're snatching the consciousness of these people just before they die, you know, at the moment of death. So, so I'm not certain they've died in the sense that we think of death. And and I'm, I'm really unclear of how you get the bodies there to turn them into Cybermen. Um, if yeah. particularly if if these people are being cremated in 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 you know in in the real world or whatever i i, I just don't understand all the plot devices there so what's the point of snatching the consciousness if you don't have a body to to convert but what troubled me was the idea that you're talking about people who you know from their perspective have recently died you're talking about people being cremated still feeling it there was that line about um the the well that person the screams you hear must be from someone who donated their body to science um and i'm watching it with a 10 year old and and 
also, again, thinking, I think, like like Tom said, about people who may have lost someone recently. It, it, it's very ironic, but I spent the last week in a class where I was learning how to be um, kind of a support person for people who have just lost people, people who are in crisis. Um, and, and so I just spent a week talking in very real terms about re- very real things and about what grief does to people. And so it was disturbing to me to see that process used for entertainment. I mean, when I come to Doctor Who, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. I want to, yeah, sure, I want to be challenged. I want to be taken places I haven't gone before, you know, the the adventure of the show. But, but I'm coming to Doctor Who for recreation and for fun, and I'm watching it with a 10-year-old and seeing people mm, horrifically yeah. in pain. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, for... That what I think the show I'm really struggling with the show this season in terms of how it handles important issues. I think it's been very very clumsy. I think we've had issues in this season, everything from from abortion to environmentalism to medication with with, with kids that, that that was referenced last last week. This 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 week we got you know death and cremation and. Um, Danny Pink having having killed a child and then being confronted with that child who probably isn't that much older than than my own son. Um, these are really really deep and difficult issues. Um, one of my all time favorite episodes ever in Doctor Who was Vincent and the Doctor, and that is a I think a great example of taking a serious issue, an issue of mental illness, handling it with sensitivity, with skill, and what I've seen this year in this series are are some pretty significant issues that that it's just been clumsy and and I I was not comfortable and it wasn't on religious grounds it was on you know do I really want to be watching this you know, moral as, grounds, as an entertainment definitely. show moral grounds, yeah. yeah yeah Michelle is it because we as well as adults are able to interpret the subtext of what's going on here or uh, because because I, I wonder, is a 12-year-old, is a 10-year-old going to be able to read it as closely as we do? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Dude, there's no such thing as a stupid child. They're, they're going to get it. But are they, going to, are they going to get it in the way that we do? I mean, what, what, again, everyone's different. You know, maybe, you know, many children have an experience of a loved one passing away very, you know, very early in their lives. But I wonder if they'll, if they'll read it with quite the, the, the connotations that an adult might. I think so. I, I don't think kids have to get all that old, and they're pretty doggone smart before they begin to, uh, you know, my my 10-year-old going on 11, I watched him, you know, watch this kind of in horror. Um, mm. I mean, the death of Danny Pink right off the top was a big, a big shocker. Um, mm. it, it, about 15 minutes in the episode, he looked at me and he said, you know, this is starting out really sad. Um, mm. You know, the images of, of the fighting, the battle that, that Danny was in, which are really troubling i mean and obviously they don't show blood they don't do that it's all kind of implied but um yeah it, th- these are these are very serious issues i wish you know tom you talked about the character of danny as being someone who you know is a soldier that carries some of these traumatic events i think yeah. that is a, i think that is a fascinating character but you know what yeah. this whole season he's just been clara's boyfriend he's been clara's boyfriend do you think and, yeah yeah he, every um, time we've seen him I, I, that's my sense, and and we are finally starting to explore that just a little bit. But well, I don't. I I like him, but I wish he'd had more of a chance to be his yeah, own character. I, I, I'm I'm I, I'm. I don't think he's gone. No, I'm, I'm I'm. No, no, you're right. Um, I'm not sure the series wants to explore that. I, I'm I'm reminded of a, a bit of dialogue recently where, or or it might have been earlier in the season where Danny basically said, um, I I just survived the war. I mean, he, he was very matter-of-fact about that. It, it it was almost like it was just a job. You know, he it sounds like, I don't know, he, he didn't know what he was getting himself in for. And when he was finally in it and he was, you know, like he had the gun in his hand, it was just a case of getting through it so he could get out of it. And that's why now he uh, cherishes so much in life because that that's the kind of impression I get from Danny. But at the same time, the... the, the, the... Um, that Danny, that Danny Pink killed a child was telegraphed from the from his first appearance. When the when the child says, "Have you killed anyone?" It's like, well, obviously he's killed a child. It's obvious. It's it, you know, it's immediately obvious. Um, and I don't agree that Dan, Danny's just been. I, I I see where you're coming from, but I don't agree that he's just been Clara's boyfriend. Um, the caretaker, uh, an episode which got an awful lot of stick from certain uh, areas of fandom, uh, was was wonderful to me because there was the, the you know 
know, there was the doctor being frankly very rude to him but there was Danny being absolutely stellar okay fine I know who the doctor dismissing him and saying well I know I don't really care what you are and Danny absolutely nailing it and identifying well I know what you are you're the officer you start the fires I put them out all of these wonderful things although it might seem that um, the character is not being forefronted fr- frankly maybe it's an identification thing that as soon as I, as soon as I saw him and as soon as, I, as soon as I saw the relationship between him and the doctor I thought hallelujah a strong male character at last um, it's, this, is, this is partly my initial, partly my annoyance with the character of Clara she seems to get it but I just, I just wish she'd let, the, let, let Danny and the doctor work it out um, but but at the same time, you know, when I, when I see the way the Doctor behaves around Danny, all I the thing which it calls to mind most readily is the relationship between um, William, the first Doctor and Ian Chesterton. Apparently, you could never remember his name. Apparently, he thought he was an idiot. Apparently, he thought he was clumsy. But he stayed with him for a good couple of years. And when it was time for him to leave, he was incredibly upset. I see the same thing happening with with, with Pink. And this is not this is before we even get to um, the wounded so- <laughs> um, the idea of the wounded soldier that they both are. Um, but going back to your point, um, you know, to, to have him killed in the first few minutes <laughs> you know, before before the first mm. wheel is even halfway through, um, I found well again maybe because I'm older, I thought okay, well this is not this is clearly this is not the end. It, it, it's a, it's a bit of a shocker. Um, I love the way, I love the way I was very impressed by the way it happened because you know death can be that sudden. You're talking to someone and suddenly mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That I, that I found very interesting. Um, and in fairness, it could have been... I, th- could, I think they could have handled it a lot more badly than than they actually did. You know, it, it, I think Michelle, as you've identified, a lot of the things in the, sh- in the show last night were implied rather than explicitly depicted, which I'm very grateful for as well, because mm-hmm, that would mm-hmm. really cause... I think that would really cause nightmares. Um, yeah, and I actually, I actually do... Th- I think the Danny Pink death was handled pretty well. I, I, I That was yeah. that was very powerful. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, now, like I said, that the first 15 minutes or so of the episode, I, I, I was right on board with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about the Cybermen? That that was going to be one of my questions, and and Michelle, you briefly touched on it before, I think too, where mm. I, I'm not really sure in my head what's going on. I get that Mistress has Time Lord technology, which is some <laughs> which which who, which is somehow able to yank um, people's consciousness before they die and 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 put them inside that matrix thing. That that bit I'm fine with, but. Where do the bodies come from? Because they're not the bodies of the actual person they've yanked the conscious from. They're skeletons from somewhere else, aren't they? Because the actual bodies are still out there being cremated or being donated to medical science or stuff like that. I'm I'm not really 100% sure why um, that process needs to happen. I don't really understand why a Cyberman would need a full skeleton. I don't think a Cyberman has ever had a full skeleton, has it? The, you know, the best we've seen is, uh, I mean, the best we've seen is like a full, you know, like like they've used the head, like like they needed the brain essentially to yeah, yeah, yeah. make a Cyberman function. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever encountered a Cyberman before which has a full human skeleton. And I'm not sure why they'd need it. I'm not sure why they were sat down. Well, uh, it they were sat down because the the staff there didn't know what was going on they thought they were there you know because they were help displaying in a very morbid way these very rich people's oh, okay. corpses but okay. that was all a facade once once the liquid came out once the dark water came out um yeah i'm, I'm not okay. sure why they need the skeletons i'm not sure i think the story is trying to say the skeletons are the same as the consciousness from the sphere thing but they can't be so that that confuses me um but like with most things in the episode, because they're all so undercooked, I think we're going to have to wait till uh, death in heaven to find out exactly what's going on. Do we like? The, do we like? Well, are we? Gl- are we glad the Cybermen are back at all? Yeah, why not? Why not? It depends on how they're used. Yeah. I, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen very many satisfactory Cybermen stories in the in the new era. So um, I'm still. Well, I I, I actually liked uh, Rise of the Cybermen: Age of Steel, but beyond that. Um, I'm still waiting for for another really good Cyberman story. I think they're a fantastic um, monster, if you will. I think the concept is is amazing. They're obviously tremendously creepy. Um, may have been a little more graphic than than <laughs> than we needed, but but nonetheless, the way they were displayed 
which also I'm not sure makes sense. Why why bother putting dark water in there so that all you see is the skeleton? I guess unless you say, Trev, like that it that it's for the staff. But good grief, maybe you just need to hire a better staff that can. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm not. So, I um, you know, I I, I have to see how they're used, and and. and I, I think a good Cyberman story would be a great thing, but uh, we'll see if this is that or not. Yeah, I've 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 got two things I want to raise. One that's a bit lighthearted, and I don't expect you to really talk about it. And one's <laughs> one's a bit dark. You know, sort of going back to the dark stuff we've been talking about. We talked there before about you know the whole death of Danny Pink and um, all that sort of stuff, and Clara on the phone to him beforehand, professing her love. Um, I I really had a, I mean. For for one, I still don't understand what Danny sees in Clara. I really, 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 really don't. She's just, she's just, she's just such a self centered, vacuous person to me. And to then profess, um, probably one of the most important things one can do to another human being that they love in their entire life, over the mobile phone. I mean, why did that have to happen? I mean, she's sitting there looking well, at the post-it notes and going, I have to tell you now, I can't wait two minutes until you arrive at my flat. I have to tell you now this really important thing that really, I mean, really should be done in person. I mean, it, it's just just another thing I look at and go, why is Danny anywhere near Clara? She is just such a vapid person. Oh, well, you know, we, again, we we can't tell why people fall in love. You know, I've seen some. I've been part of some pretty drastic pairings, and I've seen some pretty drastic pairings as well. But you know, it, it's whatever makes a person happy. Um, so perhaps they are very happy together. I mean, I liked I liked seeing earlier this season, you know, the mundanity of a relationship where you just sat in front of the TV eating pizza and just watching it on a sofa. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean. Mundane is fine. I mean, I can handle mundane. I mean, that's what the whole joy of being married is about, really. But um, right. I mean, just I, I don't know. I mean, it really rocks me to my core when someone does the most important three words probably in their entire life over the telephone. I think she was about to tell him something a bit more important than that. Um, I think she was because you know, don't forget we have this. We have um, Oscar Pink to think about, and I think she's probably about to tell him she's she's carrying. <laughs> oh really okay yeah man you know i i was one in season seven who liked clara and i know there were a lot of people that didn't but one of the things i loved about clara in the, in that uh season was that she was so selfless she you know she's the one that gave up the the leaf that was her only connection you know to her parents it seemed like she time and time again she was there to, to help the children they came across she was the nanny she she gave herself at the end to to, to save the doctor. Um, I just I really loved her nobility and her, specifically her selflessness. And now this this series, it's like she's a whole different character. And I know some of that is good, and that she became more interesting, and she certainly was kind of given more of more of a life of her own and more agency in this. But I'm really disappointed that they turned her into such a selfish and self-centered character. It's completely different from the things I loved most about her. Um, and and I, it just makes no sense to me why she wouldn't have been open with Danny all along. I mean, he seems like a guy that's that's very trusting and is willing to... Had she been open with him, the idea of her traveling with the doctor, I think, would have gone over much better. And I... I I don't want to come down as too hard on this series because I have really enjoyed this series. There's been about five episodes that I have just loved. And I feel like that there are times that they've kind of captured the magic of, of what Doctor Who can and should be. And, and, and some of the stories where, where Clara and the Doctor, particularly early on before we got quite so heavy into the Danny Pink stuff, um, I mean, I, I liked the time heists. I loved Mummy on the Orient Express. Flatline was was great. Um, I liked oh, Into the that Dalek. Was um, the, the, there are a number of them that I and I enjoyed. You know, maybe you you need to shave a little bit of the harshness off the Doctor so that he's a little more palatable, which I think they've actually done as they've gone through here. Um, but I wish those those were the pinnacle for me. And if I could have had the Doctor and Clara and 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 throw Danny Pink in too. I mean, he is a he he is a nice guy with an interesting story. I would love to have seen him go along and be be a full equal in in the process of traveling through time and space. I don't know. It's it's interesting for me and it sort of ties in with the second thing I want to talk about. Um and and you talked about it before Michelle about the 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 line the doctor says um 
I'm paraphrasing here because I've only seen it once. Something like where he says, um, "Do you think after all you've done to me and betrayed me that you know that I would give up on you?" Basically, and I was essentially screaming at the screen and saying, "Yes, yes, yes." This, get, get rid of her. Kick this one. Well, I mean, let, let's look at this episode. I mean, I mean, this is, again, these, these are really, really dark themes, and I apologise, but Dark Water is full of dark themes. Clara was suicidal at that point when, when they're doing at, at that pretend volcano mm-hmm. thing. She was suicidal. Mm-hmm. She was quite happy to die there if the Doctor didn't do what she wanted to do. Um, and, you know, she, she she was quite happy to let the doctor which is not, share her... Which is n- I mean, not the same thing as betrayal, by the way, but go ahead. Well, no, but I mean... Well, I think the doctor knows that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, we are splitting hairs here, but, um, you know, the doctors kick people out of the TARDIS for much, much less. Well... And, and, to, and, to, have this woman, and, and to have this woman who is quite happy to die and to take the doctor with her, just so she could go back and change something that... The doctor, I, I think, believes quite honestly when he says, "I can't change that." You know, um, he 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 knows in his heart that he can't change the Danny Pink thing. But do, do you know? I, I think the Ninth Doctor would. Have, we've we've had this situation with the Doctor and the Companion before, and w- when this was all going on, I was thinking, right, when you see in her mind what she's what she's decided to do, um, I mean, all I could hear is Christopher Eccleston's voice going, "You're just another stupid ape," because you mm. know we've had this before. We had this before in Father's Day, um, and I did wonder you know, if if this was any other Doctor. I suppose, and I suppose the whole point is that this particular Doctor's been through this a number of times before, so he knows how to deal with it. Um, hence the sleight of hand, which I thought this is. Oh, thank great i've got my the doctor's back you know after a few weeks of him not being there's like oh this is the sort of thing the doctor would do um yeah at that point she just becomes another stupid ape it's like time travel doesn't work like that don't you get it yada 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 um but at the but at the same time i thought it was a great opportunity for the doctor to be for peter cabaldi to be the doctor that he's so wonderfully turning out to be um you know getting being very angry and being good at it you know here's the thing i'm taking charge so either stop throwing the keys away either do as you're told or stop threatening me that that's the these are the only choices that you've got wonderful thing it was but it it was an empty threat because he knew the situation he was in as was revealed later I mean, you, you know, compared to what the Doctor's done in the past in terms of getting rid of companions like Adam and, you know, the reactions he's had to other things that have gone on, um, this just seems an easy decision for a man who doesn't really like other people anyway and would probably quite happily be alone if he had the choice. But this is the thing, he does have the choice and he keeps going back. He does have the choice. He's got a machine that'll take him to any point in space and time for any length of time that he likes. And he could, he could, quite, he could quite frankly just go and sit on an asteroid doing nothing or travel on his own. Well, there's but the inconsistency to... for me. There's the inconsistency. I don't know. I, what do you mean? I, I don't relate to the characters. Well, and, and, and to kind of bring it, bring it up again, you know, they've both opened the, the TARDIS door with a snap of their fingers before, didn't yeah. they even? Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> it, I, and so that whole scene for me was, I was, confused a little bit why it was supposed to have such gravitas i mean the acting was amazing but it's like well can't they just snap their fingers and and the tardis isn't really going to leave them locked out there to die in the lava so any any rate that was it was it was a little weird but the but it was powerful yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, to me, I think if, if we did, get, you know, travel like you, I've seen this one and a half times now. Um, but I think I think if we went back and analysed it, there's something more powerful going on than I'm trying to, going to throw away the TARDIS key. I mean, the Doctor's been locked out of that box often enough to know to to, to be able to get in. Plus. Um, you know, isn't there one in the in the cubby hole over the pea somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I I don't I I don't know about you guys, but I am emotionally drained not only from the episode, but from sitting here <laughs> talking about the episode. I mean, you 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 were bang on the money there, Michelle, when you said that this one is really dark, and and it's probably. One of the darkest episodes I've ever seen of Doctor Who, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. were talking to you before about how I, I think Tom said, "Will kids pick up on this?" And I, I would agree with you, Michelle. Yes, they do. I mean, I, I'm sure my kids definitely picked up on the whole um, "you feel what what's happening to your body" type of thing. I mean, that 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 was explained in the story incredibly very clearly, very very clearly, even for children. And uh, yeah, there's there's not really much left to doubt in this episode that it's it's very very clear as far as i'm concerned 
You know, Trev, I was having the exact same thought as you came in with that, that, man, this is a downer. And even this discussion is a downer. And there's, it is. Yeah. It, and, and, and that's, you know, Doctor Who is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be entertainment. Um, even when there's jeopardy and risk, it's supposed to be fun. I mean, well, but, I think, too, one, one thing I enjoy about Doctor Who is it makes you think and it makes you talk with others about issues. And yes. Doctor Who has never shied away from doing that. And, you know, we've been, you know, recording here for, well, goodness knows how long. I won't say God knows how long because that's, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but but, we, but we've been talking for goodness knows how long here. And, you know, we, we've covered some quite serious issues and... I don't think we would be ever talking about this amongst the three of us, ever, if Dark Water had never screened. So, I mean, for that, I have to thank it. Um, yeah, this, this, is, this, is what I, and this is what I like about Doctor Who. Um, yes, it's, I, 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 think, I, I think I agree in part with both of you. you, know, you part of me goes to Doctor Who for the escapist thrill that it, actually, that it, that it always has been, which keeps me coming back, I think. Um, but, there's an also, but there's also a part of me which comes to it th- to thinking, okay, well, the, the, the idea of these stories is to interpret the world around us, to, you know, to spin a myth which helps us be a little bit more comfortable with our place in the world. So how are you going to do it this week? Uh, and this season, this this season as it stands, has been the be- I have to say the best since Doctor Who came back. Um, there, there, there are gems in each of the seasons, um, all the way back to, to 2005. There's, you know, there are occasional flashes of true Doctor Who brilliance but this season has had for me has had the most number of those it's been absolutely phenomenally great um, it might it, it might be down to, the, to its screening in autumn it might be down to the strength of the leading actors um, it might be down to the to, to, to new writing and confidence show running I don't know what it is but this season has been absolutely fabulous for being what in my head in, in my unwritten rules kind of way is Doctor Who it's been absolutely fabulous yep it's been really good except for Robot of Sherwood I like Robot and Listen. <laughs> and Time Heist. I like Listen and, and I like Time Heist. And In the Forest of the Night. But apart from that, it's been a really, really good season. Do you think we'll get an anniversary episode for next year? What, for the uh, much-heralded but rarely talked about 52nd anniversary? Uh, the 10th anniversary of, of New Who. Oh, that one. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean... It's it's certainly something that should be celebrated, definitely. And um, you know, any excuse to have David Tennant back in the series, I'm I'm, I'm sure the BBC oh, Wales people God. will uh, jump at it. And he's probably sitting by the phone every night waiting for the call. Colin, no, Colin Baker is sitting by the phone waiting for the call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Trevor, dark water, yes or no? <sighs> yes and no, I suppose. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 somewhere in the middle. I I, I think it's an interesting build up. There's not a lot going on in this story. I think it raises a lot of interesting issues, but this is probably the first episode for a long time where the second part is going to define the first part rather than the other way around. Okay, okay, that's that's a fair comment, Michelle. Yes or no? Trevor's right. It's yes and no, and 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 reserve final judgment until after next week. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I, I sure hope I feel happier after the next weeks. Yes. Well, that makes sense. We need to something me. upbeat like. Sidemen's heads exploding or something that'll make us happy <laughs> well okay do you know what I, i'm probably missing something because for me it's just an unreserved yes this is what i want this is what i want from doctor who i want i want scared children confused adults and, re- and really good costumes i've got all of that <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got dark water out of our system, haven't we, guys? Um, well, we still have to, we still have to see how it goes, but I'll, but for now, yes. Okay. Well, I think the time has come for the the, the big announcement on the Doctor podcast. Drum roll, please. That sounds like you're purring. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> um, I get sixty quid now for that. <laughs> as some listeners may have figured out already, I am visiting the beautiful U of K in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, when this episode comes out, it'll be like a week and a half, and I'm off mm. to the UK to see all my lovely Doctor Who podcast friends. Um, it, it's going to be when a fantastic, worlds collide. It, it's going to be fantastic. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm doing all the you know touristy things while I'm there, and I'm catching up with all the UK-based DWP people. Fingers crossed, and it, it's going to be a great trip. So, on the back of that, I have a fantastic once in a lifetime. Doctor Who podcast competition 
on the go, which you, mm. anyone in the U of K can be part of. The terms and conditions, the, the way to take part in this are really easy. I'm going to be in the U of K from around the 18th of November to the 28th of November. Yes. I'll be out and about doing stuff and things. If you see me, you have then won the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to say hello to me and buy me a beer. How about wow. that? So there wow. we go. So, yes, yeah, so if you see me out there in the street in beautiful London, I'll, I'll be going to Brighton and Leeds and Cardiff and, and, and all sorts of places. If you see me, <laughs> you have won the right, you have won the competition to buy me a beer. There you go. The Trevor G Global Roadshow. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> we, the, the, the prizes and competitions just keep coming here on the DWP. Rock and roll. Rock and Rock roll. roll. So, yes, so I'm looking forward to going to the UK. So are you, are you going to be doing things like recreating scenes from um, Revelation of the Daleks around Tower Bridge? No, I'm going to be boring and probably recreate scenes from the invasion and just wander down the front of St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh, sorry, so you, you mean scenes from Dark Water? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll have to add that to it. That, that wasn't Perfect. St. Paul's Cathedral, was it? Yes. yes. No, but the bit yes. where the uh, Doctor bursts out to the roadway, that isn't yes. St. Paul's, is it? Yes. yes. Is it really? Yes. Is it the back entrance or something? It's the no. front bit that the original Cybermen <laughs> walked down. Ah, because the bit where the Doctor wanders down and tells everyone to shoo and flee, it didn't look like the steps. It's an angle thing, but yes, that's St. Paul's Cathedral. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, Trev, you need to spend a little... You, you clearly need to spend a little time in church. Please, <laughs> <laughs> St. <Saint> Paul's. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on my list. Most definitely. So anyway, Steal guys. yourselves, he's coming. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, Tom, great to hear you again. Michelle, fantastic to be with you again. And um, we'll see you all next week, guys, for, uh, what, Death in Heaven. Perfect. <laughs> Take it easy, man. Looking forward to it. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> I nearly said Made in Heaven. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Doctor Who Podcast, brought to you this week by Michelle, Tom and Trevor. You can check out more episodes of the show at thedoctorpodcast.com or check us out on Facebook, Twitter or drop by the Doctor Who Podcast forums and say hi. Thanks for listening. See you next week. There you go.